0: Hello, and welcome to Greater Faith. You're listening to Dare to Dream Again, a message from Pastor Aslany. We hope that today's message blesses and encourages you as you go through your day. Would you turn in your Bibles with me this morning to the book of Genesis, chapter 37, Genesis chapter 37. And we are going to read verses 5 and 9. Verses 5 and 9. And while you're turning there, um, I do want to just make a quick announcement. Um, There is a church over in West Virginia where I was preaching earlier this week, and uh, it's called Apostolic Life Cathedral. And they are having another revival service tonight at 6.30. It's Bishop Harper's Church. And he asked me to invite all of you to come out tonight for their revival service at 6.30. I will be there because I'll be preaching there tonight at 6.30. And so if you are able to come, I know that it will bless you and it will bless them. That's at 6.30 tonight at Apostolic Life Cathedral. Amen. Genesis chapter 37, verses 5 and 9. If you have it, say amen. Amen. And Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told it his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. Verse 9, and he dreamed yet another dream. And told it his brethren, and said, Behold, I have dreamed a dream more. And behold, the sun and the moon and the eleven stars made obeisance to him. Praise God. The Lord put this message on my heart several weeks ago, and I had intended to preach it to you a couple weeks ago, and I felt like the Lord just kind of changed things for somebody. And then I felt prompted to bring it to you today. And I want to preach with the help of the Lord. Dare to dream again. Dare to dream again. Would you pray with me? Jesus, we love you, Lord. We're so thankful to be in your house with your people tonight. Lord, I pray right now, God, that a fresh anointing would come upon me to preach your word to your people. Lord, there are people in this room right now, Lord, that need hope for tomorrow. Lord, that they need to see a future in front of them. God, and I pray the scales would fall from their eyes this morning. I take authority and dominion over regret, over hopelessness, over condemnation in the name of Jesus Christ. Let the mercy and the grace of God open up our eyes today to see promise and purpose in you In Jesus' name, let the church say, Amen. 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 Give the Lord another hand clap as you are seated. Praise God, praise God, praise God. On August the 28th, 1963, Martin Luther King and approximately 250,000 people gathered near the Lincoln Memorial in Washington, D.C., And he delivered one of the most famous speeches in history. It has become known as the I Have a Dream speech. Picking up about halfway through his speech, it reads like this. I say to you today, my friends, though even though we face the difficulties of today and tomorrow, I still have a dream. It is a dream deeply rooted in the American dream. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up, live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal. I have a dream that one day on the red hills of Georgia, sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood. I have a dream that one day even the state of Mississippi, a state sweltering with the heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of oppression, will be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream that one day in Alabama with its vicious racists, with its governor having his lips dripping with the words of interposition and nullification. One day, right there in Alabama, little black boys and black girls will be able to join hands with little white boys and white girls as sisters and brothers. I have a dream today. This will be the day when all of God's children will be able to sing with new meaning, My country tis of thee, Sweet land of liberty, of thee I sing. Land where my fathers died, land of the pilgrim's pride. From every mountainside let freedom ring. And if America is to be a great nation, this must become true. So let freedom ring from the prodigious hilltops of New Hampshire. Great God Almighty, we are free at last. Hallelujah. That was an anointed speech that Martin Luther King gave. Hallelujah. I want you to fast forward 60 years later in the dream that Martin Luther King had has come to pass in great measure. We live in a country... Where every creed, color, and nationality is welcome and can live in peace and harmony. That is available today. No matter what the news says, that's available today. I have black friends. I have Asian friends. I have Mexican friends. I have African friends. I have Brazilian friends. I have German friends. And on and on the list goes. We live in a country where your opportunity for success is not hindered by your color any longer. True, Hallelujah. But why? Why do we live in a place like this? I'll tell you why. It's because somebody had a dream. It took Martin Luther King... Having a dream to change the fabric of our nation. One man's dream changed the destiny of millions of people. That's the power of a dream. Dreams have the potential to change destinies. Somebody needs to dare to dream. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise be to God. Just like Martin Luther King had a dream. There's a man in your Bible by the name of Joseph that had a dream. He had a God-given dream. And he was hated for his dream. He was forcibly Separated from his family for his dream. He was despised for his dream. He was sold into slavery for his dream. He was falsely accused for his dream. He was falsely imprisoned for his dream. He was betrayed for his dream. He suffered 13 Years of trauma for his dream. He had to forgive his betrayers, his accusers, and his brothers for his dream. The day that Joseph received his dream, he did not know the price tag that was attached to it. Every day, it seemed like every season his dream demanded more. Every new chapter, his dream required a greater ransom. Dreams require trust. Joseph had to trust. That that dream came from God. He had to trust. That that dream had a date of fulfillment attached to it. Joseph had to trust in the God. That gave him that dream. Every time the circumstances and the challenges pushed against the dream, Joseph had a choice to make. Am I going to give up because it's getting even harder? Or am I going to trust in the one that gave me the dream? Dreams require trust. His dream required time. What a great dream he had. And no doubt, at a young age, he probably really liked that dream. His brothers bowing down to him. Hudson, don't get too excited. I don't think Aubrey's going to bow down anytime soon. But no doubt, a younger sibling would get excited. About a dream like that. It's easy to get excited about dreams, isn't it, Brother Jerry? I'll never forget what you said, Sister Burton. Don't let that vision become an optical illusion Mm. I prayed about that just the other day because just a few months ago the Lord gave this church a new destiny a new dream, a new vision But let me tell you something friend I don't know how much time There is between the day we receive the dream And the day we're going to see that dream fulfilled But you've got to trust in the dream giver Some time may go by And the days may go by But no matter how much time goes by I'm going to trust in the dream And I'm going to trust in the one that gave us the dream Your dream will require trust and it will require time and it will require testing. It is the testing not only of time but of what we go through during that time that prepares us for the fulfillment of that dream. When Joseph was sold into slavery. When he was promoted in Potiphar's house. But then falsely accused and falsely imprisoned. And then forgotten about in that prison. And then finally promoted into the palace. Every one of these challenges was preparing him for the greatest challenge of all. Because a day would come when he would hold within his hand the power and authority to either save or eradicate the people of God in a season of famine. It was within Joseph's control to either feed his brothers or deny his brothers. The lineage of the Hebrew children could have died in the palace with Joseph, but the Testing the time and the trust put him in a position with God that when his brothers that sold him into slavery came in asking and had need, there was something inside of him that said, You must forgive and you must release. So Joseph stood up and he cried before God with a wail that all the house could hear and he made a choice in his heart for the dream i will forgive for the dream i will bestow gifts upon my family for the dream i will release them from the infraction that they put upon my life Mm. hallelujah Dreams require you to release others that have wronged you. In 1999, in an upstairs classroom on Kemper Road in Cincinnati, Ohio, I had an experience with God. I was a senior in high school and I was on fire for God. I was praying in a classroom by myself before church and in that moment, I felt like the Lord spoke to me and and called me into the ministry, and I'll, I'll expand on this story at a later date, but that was the day that I felt God called me to preach. Ah. It was a significant and transformational moment in my walk with God. Time went by and there were some struggles and some mistakes that were made, and I regret to tell you that for a few years I backslid and fell away from the Lord and walked away from the church. And upon coming back, I was wrestling with guilt and shame and condemnation. But the church began to nurse me back to health. Are you thankful for the church today? I love the church. I'm grateful for the church. Hallelujah. I give honor to the church today. How, hey, let me tell you something. So, I've heard people say, "Well, the church hurt me." The church wounded me. Let me tell you something. The church didn't hurt you. Sin hurts you. The church saved you. The church kept the doors open for you. The church administered healing to you. You may have experienced some pain while you were in the church, but that wasn't the church. That was flesh. That was sin. The church didn't hurt you. The church saved you. We went to church for a little while, and soon we were asked to become the youth pastors of Calvary in Columbus. In the back of my mind was always this remembrance of this call to evangelize and preach that God gave me in 1999. In 2015, under the direction of the Holy Ghost and with the advice of my pastor, Pursuing evangelizing. I sold our beautiful 2,700 square foot, relatively new home in Reynoldsburg, Ohio to move closer to the church because I knew that I would be gone a lot. Our home sold so quickly that we did not have a new place to go. <laughs> I feel like I'm doing that all over, or I Our family of five moved into a newly remodeled one-bedroom, one-bathroom basement of a friend for three months while we looked for a place to live. We eventually signed a lease on a home that we had not seen based only on its description and location. It was close to the church. I knew my family would be safe. My kids would be going to a good school. We moved into that home not knowing that we were entering into a seven-year transition season. When we moved in, my wife and I sensed that our situation was not permanent. But we had no idea how long that we would be there. We both felt a confirmation that our next move would be more permanent and would somehow be catapulted by a change in ministry. That was seven years ago. This season was so exciting because I felt like God was finally releasing me into the dream He gave me in 1999. I'm talking about seven years ago. But I didn't understand why it wasn't unfolding the way that I had envisioned in my mind. Where was the permanence that I was craving? There were so many things that we battled in that season of seven years. We felt unsettled. Is contented many times wondering about the future, not knowing what the next what was around the next bend in our tomorrows, not knowing where we were going, and just taking it day by day. We didn't have a vision for the future. I remember living here, excuse me, living there a couple years, and I had a Prayer meeting on the phone with somebody that's very special to our family. Her name is Grandma Mary. Uh, And when I was praying on the phone with Grandma Mary, Grandma Mary was on speakerphone, and my, my daughter, Aubrey, walked in the room, and Grandma Mary, she began to prophesy. And this was probably five years ago. And she said, Sean... That's my middle name. She said, Sean, God's going to give you a church. She said, I already see the brick building. She said, I already see the congregation. She said, you're going to be a pastor. And Aubrey had just walked in the room and I She means preacher. She doesn't. That, that was a slip of the tongue. But Aubrey got so excited. She went in her room and she got 10, 15 sheets of paper. And she wrote down on these sheets of paper. Forgive me, I meant to bring one of them with me today. She wrote, God's going to give us a church. And she taped them up all over the house. When I heard what Grandma Mary said, I reacted the same way Sarah reacted when the angel told her she was going to conceive a baby in her old age. I didn't believe it. I didn't have a desire for it. And it wasn't part of my plans and it wasn't in my mind. I hear an amen over here. My children heard the words she gave. And I believe that Aubrey was under the unction of the Holy Ghost when she began to make those signs because the Bible says in the book of Habakkuk, Write the vision and make it plain upon tables that those that read it may run. She understood right then and there what her daddy did not understand. God was giving us a dream. He was giving us a vision for the future. She understood that God was saying, hey, this is what I want you to reach for. This is what I want you to pursue. This." is what I want you to live your life for today, even though it's inside of your tomorrows. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A couple of years ago, we had a ministry team meeting at Calvary with a great man of God who was in town. Bishop, pastor and the ministry team were all there. We are going around the table and the Lord was moving. The gifts of the Spirit were operating. And I just felt compelled to say something. I needed prayer. I was at a low point in my ministry. And I, in front of those men and my pastor, I told them these words. And I'm quoting. I looked at them with tears in my eyes. And I said, I need a dream again. I said, I feel like I've been putting one foot in front of the other without knowing where I'm going for a long time. I need something to reach for. I need something to grab a hold of. And I'll tell you what I know in the Holy Ghost. This message has been in my spirit for almost four weeks. There are people in this room right now here today that you're just putting one foot in front of the other every single day. You're just existing. You're just living. But you don't know where you're headed. You don't know where it's leading. You don't know where you're going and the Lord sent me here today to tell you you need to dream again don't be afraid of your yesterdays but allow God to give you another dream for your tomorrows God wants to give you a dream hallelujah don't let past disappointment Deter you from dreaming again. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. Woo. Ha. Mm. Let me tell you what your past can be like. You can believe, you can convince yourself that your past mm, is not affecting you. But I'll tell you how your past works. It may Come down to a place where it's no longer blocking your vision but it hangs on to your ankles like chains and you say well I've left my past behind me have you left it behind you or are you just dragging it around with you everywhere that you go I'll tell you why it matters because the moment you decide that you just might feel faith to dream about your tomorrows again your past begins to tug upon you and say hey don't you dare dream that you can do something for God. Don't you dare dream that you can make a kingdom impact. You've failed too many times. You've fallen too many times. You've made too many mistakes. There's too many failures in your story. Don't you dare dream again. But I've come to take authority and dominion over the scales on your eyes today that your past has painted over your vision. And I've come to tell you uh, you can have faith uh, to dream uh, again I feel so strong in the Holy Ghost that some of us have just resigned to living out our last chapters in mediocrity but God has a dream for the second half of your journey. God's got a dream. I don't care what your age is, how young or old you are. God's got a dream for the beginning chapters, the middle chapters, and the last chapters of your life. The finisher has a dream for you today. Brother Jerry, I love what you said about these young people today. He didn't know what I was preaching or that. This was in my notes. But you hear me. The destiny of this next generation will stand on the dream of our generation they're going to walk in our dreams tomorrow. What you believe for the future, for this church, and for your family, that's going to be their reality. Five years from now, ten years from now, twenty years from now, I'll tell you what, I want to give them a bright tomorrow. I'm taking the reins off of God and I'm saying, God, I'll dare to dream as big as you want me to dream. God, I believe that all things are possible with you I want these kids to walk in the future promises of today's dreams hallelujah. hallelujah hallelujah when's the last time you thought about your life next year your ministry in three years your impact in the kingdom of God When's the last time you even had those kinds of thoughts? If you're not thinking that way, I challenge you today. You may be living without a dream. Let me tell you something Sometimes we can go through so much pain And so much junk In our life That we don't allow ourselves to dream We look at our environment We look at our family We look at our story And we say I'm not going to dream It's too painful to dream Because if I don't dream Then I can't be disappointed I rebuke that line of thinking In the name of Jesus Christ And I promise prophesy a desire to dream again you need to dare to dream for your family you need to dare to dream again that your kids will be in this service uh, lifting their hands, worshiping God uh, and living for the Lord. Uh, You need to dare to dream again uh, that you can have healing in your marriage. Uh, You need to dare to dream again uh, that God will bless you uh, and prosper you. Uh, You need to dare to dream again uh, that you can live free from sin uh, and victorious uh, in your life. Uh, You need to dare to dream again uh, that you can do something great uh, in the kingdom of God would you stand with me hallelujah hallelujah your family needs you to dream your church needs you to dream hmm Your city needs you to dream. Uh, uh, This next generation needs you to dream. I dream about revival in this city. I dream about healing and mending in our families. I dream about a church that walks victoriously over sin. By 10 days shy, I dream about a church that embraces righteousness and holiness and a relationship with God I dream about a church that hates sin as much as it loves God I dream about a church that has authority and dominion in this region I dream about a church where people walk in and walk out completely healed and transformed by the glory of God Would you just lift your hands and pray with me right now come on I feel like we're at this place right here where something needs to break in this service I don't want to rush past this moment and just rush you into the altar because I'm telling there there's some people in this room right now God's asking you to surrender Shataya, surrender your disappointments surrender your failures when you feel a willingness to dream again then I invite you to come down to this altar when you have prayed yourself into a place where you're saying God I'm willing to shake off these shackles of my past God, I'm willing to do what brother Derek said God I'm willing to cast my cares upon you God everything that's held me back God, I'm willing to lay it down and I I dare to dream again. I dare to dream of a thriving ministry. I dare to dream of a powerful anointing. I dare to dream of God's favor upon my life. I dare to dream that I'm walking victoriously in victory every day of my life. I dare to dream that there will be peace in the atmosphere of my home. I dare to dream that I can have a loving, healed, unified relationship with my spouse. I dare to dream that my kids will repent and come back And serve God with all their hearts. I dare to dream. That I don't have to live with depression. I dare to dream. That I don't have to live with addiction. I dare to dream. That I don't have to live with anxiety. I dare to dream. That I can be a part. Of the greatest outpouring. Of the Holy Ghost. That this world has ever seen. I dare to dream. Thanks for joining with us today. Be sure to check us out online at greaterfaith.church or find us on Facebook by searching My Greater Faith. There you can watch this sermon and others, as well as live stream all available services. If you like what you heard today, be sure to follow our podcast for new sermons and Bible studies as they become available. Greater Faith. Everyone's welcome. Nobody's perfect. And anything's possible.